Again, my name is Russ, and we are so glad you are here this morning. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're actually going to be at the beginning of the Bible and at the end of the Bible today. So we're going to read in Genesis 2, and then we're going to read in Revelation 21 a little later on. We are about to talk about work for the next four weeks. Work is this idea that a a lot of us, it's a word that means lots of things, but for most of us, we think about the job that we do during the week to make money to pay for life. And what we want to do over the next month is define work as more than just something that we do to make money. Because that is what work is, but it's a lot more than that for us. Particularly, if you are a Jesus follower, work is not just this thing we do that we have to do in order for us to live the life we want to live. That's part of it, but it's much more to it than that. Um, And so we're going to talk about that in detail for the next four weeks Um, But as we go a little further along, I want to invite you to pray with me as we start to talk about this. So would you pray with me? Uh, God, we are so honored to be together, and we're so honored that you would create a space for us um, to come and share in the things that you are doing in the world. Um, So we pray that you would take away the distractions and focus Uh, Focus us on your heart, your desires, and your will for the world in which we live. Um, God, we pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Uh, I think a lot of us view work as a curse. Uh, If we're honest about work, we think of it as just this necessary evil that's part of our lives. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a writer, and he's written several books, and part of the work that he does works with other writers and artists and creative people, and he has a, a pretty large following on social media, and he occasionally puts out these quotes and these thoughts because that's a way for him to interact with the people that um, he works with a lot. And a few weeks ago, he, he put this quote online, which I thought was pretty powerful. It said, um, Do you know why birds sing in the morning? Some scientists believe it's because they're telling their mate, their spouse, that I'm still here, that uh, I made it through the night, that I'm doing okay. And maybe that's why we create, and maybe that's why we sing, as a way of saying, I'm here, I'm still here, uh, I'm doing something in the world. And I thought that was a pretty powerful way to look at work, this idea that we create things in the work that we do, even if you don't see your work as a, a creative endeavor, I think that we, the idea of doing work that matters in the world, 
uh, doing work that is an expression of our identity, that is an expression of how God made us, I think that's important for us to look at. I, I, I think that's a powerful quote my friend put out. This was the first response on Twitter, because the internet is really good at responding to things like this, and this was the first response he got. Do you know why birds actually sing in the morning? It's because they don't have to go to work. That, that's the quote. And I think that's a really good picture of how we actually view work, because most of us view work as a curse. But from the beginning of the creation story, there is this idea that work is more than just this thing we have to do in order to actually live life. Work is a part of life in order for us to really live in into the, the, to the person that God created us to be. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, very often, we think of work as this, um, we just painted this picture of Mondays are bad because Monday is the day I have to go to work all week. Friday afternoons are good because Friday is the time where I can not have to worry about work and I can actually get on with my life. But what if work was more than just the job we did Monday through Friday? Or for those of you who work nights or weekends, what if work was just more than this thing that we had to do in order to actually enjoy life? What if our work helped us enjoy life even more? So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 4 and read to verse 15. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden, and then dividing into four branches. The first branch, called the Pashan, flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The second branch, called the Gahan, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So this is, as I said earlier, this is part of the creation story. And it's toward the end of the creation story where God has created paradise for humanity. So there's a picture of... Adam or humanity that lives in the garden and he has everything he could ever want. And it's this beautiful picture of natural resources. So it says there is gold there. And, and so there's just gold laying around this beautiful garden. And it says that there's this uh, aromatic resin, which is, it's, it's like really early essential oils, you know, like... Stuff that you would pay $20 for a small bottle of and put it in a diffuser, it's just everywhere in this garden. And it says there's this, uh, this stone called onyx. It's this black, really precious stone that they would m- make all kinds of things with. So uh, early humans would make um, kids' toys and games out of onyx, 
And they would also build really strong walls out of onyx. And so imagine this beautiful paradise. And it's early on in the creation story. So later on, sin enters the world and bad things start happening. But right now, we have a picture of humanity in perfection, in paradise, in a garden. Humanity has everything they ever want. Adam has everything that he wants. And the picture is that he's enjoying the fruit of God's labor. But as part of enjoying the fruit of God's creation, of God's labor, he doesn't just sit on a stool, eat the fruit, throw it over his shoulder, and watch Netflix all day. He doesn't just enjoy the fruit of God's labor. Part of living in paradise is that God puts him to work. In verse 15, it says that God placed the man in the center of the garden and said, take care of the garden. Work it. Tend to it. Make sure it's still fruitful. Make sure that new things are being born and created all the time. This is your work as part of paradise. So automatically we have this beautiful picture of humanity in paradise and part of living in paradise is there's work to be done. He doesn't just sit and relax. He doesn't just kick his feet up. He actually has work to do. Later on in the creation story, it says that God gives Adam another job, which is to name all of the animals in the garden. So Adam is continually given jobs to do by God. God comes to Adam and says, I give you everything that you need, everything you ever want, but as part of giving you everything you ever want, I am absolutely also giving you a job to do. So for Adam, for early humanity, work is part of the blessing. It's not a curse. It is part of the blessing. Living in total peace with God for Adam means having a job to do. So the question we need to ask ourselves at first is, what kind of work that we lo- do we love to do? And here's where we need to get out of our traditional definition of work is that there are some of us who have jobs that we have to do, and we don't thrive in those jobs. But we don't have any way out of doing that right now. I get that. I understand that there are some of us who have work that we have to do, and it is a burden. But if we are doing that, we have to find some other work that's contributing to God's Design for the world. It's hard to do, but this is part of being human is living into the blessing of what you were created to do. Now, I I know I'm very fortunate to be in a position where for the most part I I love what I do. I I like my job. I feel like God has gifted me to to teach in some ways, and so I get a chance to do that. Um, I feel like I'm a very curious person, and so I love to open up the scriptures and 
look at these really old stories and figure out what God is trying to say through those things. Uh, I like building things and doing new things. Uh, Soma is exciting for me because we get to try something different and do something new. Now, I can't actually physically build things. If you put a hammer in my hand, I'm more likely to break a bone than I am to like build a wall. But I do like building things and starting new things. That's exciting for me, and I get to do that. And I know that not everybody gets to do that. But no matter what it is that you do for money, we have to find some work that gives us life and contributes to what God is doing in the world. We just have to. Uh, when I was in college, a lot of you know this, I spent my summers working at summer camps. And it was my favorite thing in the world to do. I transferred from college, I transferred from Memphis to Oxford to go to school at Ole Miss. And the main reason was so I could be closer to this camp that I loved and I could help out in some ways. But if you've ever been a camp counselor, you know that there's no money in that. Um, because you're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you always, even when you're sleeping, you're on call. You have work to do. And we, when I was working at camp, we one time figured out how much we made per hour, and it was like 13 cents per hour. Um, 13 and a half cents, really, but... We'll round down to make it sound even worse. 13 cents per hour. And so, as someone who had to help pay for different things in college, that was not going to pay for all of my school. It was not going to pay for my life when I was in school. So in the fall, I um, had talked to a couple uh, attorneys in Memphis who had gone to law school at Ole Miss and they wanted me to set up tents for them before football games. And now there's, there's a big business where people do this, and uh, they do like 100 tents at a time, and they, they make good money. But at the time, when I was in school, people would just find individual college students to do that. And you can make really good money doing that. And so for seven weekends of a year, I had work to do on football game days, which if you are at, in college, no, that's not the best day to actually have work to do. I had to get up at 3 in the morning. I had to keep all the tents and coolers and everything that they had in the room that, in my small rental house that I lived in. And I had to go load it up on a truck that I usually would borrow from somebody. And then I'd go over to campus and I'd set everything up. And when the game was over... All my friends would go out and hang out and do whatever, and I would want to go with them. But normally, I would be in the grove, packing down tents and throwing them in there and taking them back to my rental house. I would, I would miss a lot of the enjoyment that people would get on a Saturday game days in order to make just enough money to help my way through college. That was a job that I did not love. I hated doing that work, but it helped because I was able to still volunteer at camp sometimes and work at camps during the summer and do what I felt like God had called me to do, which was work with teenagers and kids at camp. 
And, and this is why it's important for us to find the work that we love to do and just know that some of us aren't going to get paid for the work that we love to do, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to work for his glory. In fact, he does. We're in a room full of people, and I believe firmly that God has given you all a role to play to help build his kingdom, to help make the world a better place. And we have to find what it is that we are that we would do whether or not we got paid for it. How are you going to serve the kingdom of God whether or not you get paid for it? Work for humanity is part of the blessing of being alive. We just have to find what that work is. All right, if you have a Bible, flip all the way to the back, Revelation 21. 21, uh, we're going to start in verse 18. And this is toward the end of, obviously, the biblical story. So we started the second chapter from the beginning, and now we're ending the second chapter from the end of the Bible. Revelation 21, 18 through 27. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory." Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. So remember at the beginning of the story, we have a picture of humanity that is in paradise with God. Totally at peace with God. And at the end of the story, we have the same thing. We have a picture of humanity that's in paradise with God, but there is a complete difference in the t- difference in the two descriptions. We start out in a garden. Paradise, totally at peace with God. We end up paradise, totally at peace with God. But is it a garden? No. It's a city. It is a city with gates and jewels and streets and beauty all around. The presence of God inhabits the garden. The presence of God inhabits the city. And I know I read these 12 gates with these minerals that most of us don't know what they are, and that's okay. But I do want to note that some of the things that are in the city were in the garden. They're just put to use now. So in the garden, you had gold, 
that's just laying around. Now the gold actually is on the roads and it's, it's on the walls and it's part of the gates. You have onyx, this dark stone that's just laying around in the garden. But now it, is, it, is, it makes up one of the gates that you use to enter the city. And it starts out with these natural resources, but it ends with these natural resources that were put to use by humanity. Uh, scholars uh, oftentimes refer to this as the cultural mandate or the creation mandate, which means that we, we are created in the image of a creator God, and as part of people who were created in, image, in his image, we are called to create. We take the stuff that he has given us and we make more things. Not because it's about us, but it's about what God has given us and using it to the best of our ability. Remember, work is part of the blessing. So the question that we must ask ourselves is how is our work being used for God's glory? And again... I'm not talking about just the work you do to make a paycheck. That's important, and we, we all need a job. I understand that. But there, there are lots of us who go to work just to make money, and that's all we think of when we think of work. When we have these gifts and talents and passions that God has given us, and they have to come out whether or not they allow us to earn a paycheck for them. We just have to do it. This place is made up of people who do lots of work not for a paycheck. Um, you guys know that we, a lot of you know that we've been starting these English classes. These ESL classes have been going on for about three weeks now. And we've had people show up just to help with kids. And let me tell you something. There's no paycheck for that. And a lot of times, it's not a breeze. It's, it's not easy work to do. But people come here and serve and allow other people to adjust to their new community better by learning a language. These are people who are giving themselves over in order that God might do something in our community. I know dentists who give free teeth cleanings and uh, x-rays to patients they know cannot afford it. And that's how they contribute to the world. I know restaurant owners who all they want to do is they want the people who enter their restaurant to have a great experience from the second they come in to the second they leave. I know people who do all different types of jobs and they do it for God's glory. And they do it because God has wired them to do those things. And I know all different types of people who do those things and don't get paid a dime for them. And I think if there's one thing we want to do over the next four weeks is to change the way we look at work. Especially if you're a Jesus follower. 
And look, I know some of you have jobs that are hard, and maybe you, they, they, they're almost soul-crushing. They're so difficult. Or you're underpaid, or you just don't love it. I, I understand that that's a reality for a lot of us, and I don't have an easy fix for that. But I do want to encourage you to try to find a way to do work that you love. To try to find a way to do work that contributes to God's kingdom here on earth. Because we're all wired that way. We're, it's part of the blessing of being alive. is to do work that matters. <clears throat> there's this... Uh, there's this guy named David Goggins, and he's a former Navy SEAL who is also an ultramarathoner. So he's run hundreds of ultramarathons over the past 10 years. And he's actually running the longest ultramarathon right now. He, he actually got 15 miles off course and had to come back. So he ran 30 extra miles, and he's still in 15th place. I looked at it this morning right before church started. Um, but uh, he has this book, and I, I read this quote in the book that I thought was really interesting. He said that I had a, had a change in the way I viewed work, is that for me, early on in my life, work was just about enjoying the fruits of my labor, or work is just about enjoying the fruits of other people's labor. In other words, you work, you buy money to get things that other people make. But he said, I've switched to this mindset that says, work is not only enjoying the fruits of my labor, it's enjoying the labor itself. And that's where we want to get to as followers of Jesus. Is people who actually engage the world in a way that is sometimes hard and difficult and actual work. But we do it because we understand that God has gifted us and, then, and he's given us energy and drive and passion to make a real change in the world. So I'm, I'm not saying go out and quit your job tomorrow if you don't like what you do. But I am saying how can you change your mindset to where work is not always a curse, but it becomes a blessing for you? Where because God is blessing you through your labor, that the labor that you do actually blesses other people. Let's pray together.